0: Log Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal with today's edition of God in Country. Here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today. We really appreciate it. Man, I am stoked about this show. Last week, we were going to have Drago on. You guys know Drago, friend of the show, and uh, really an awesome, awesome human being. Altogether awesome human being. And you know, sometimes stuff happens, and it turns out it's better than than it was going to be. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, sometimes something is supposed to. By the way, you've reached the collision of faith and politics. I know you heard my great announcer uh Mr. Barker, JD Barker, unbelievable. Uh you can't listen to 24 hours of television or radio without hearing him. Did you know that? It is virtually impossible. Virtually impossible. It's absolutely astounding uh how how uh ubiquitous he is. Unreal. Anyway, I'm really really fortunate. He's a friend of the show and he likes what we do and um I'm proud of that, actually, because he's a big-time guy. You know, He's a big-time guy. So you know how sometimes stuff happens and you're all like, oh, man, I can't believe that happened. Uh, that really messed me up. Oh, man, now what am I What I'm going to do? What am I going to do? You know, all this stuff. I don't know if you talk like that. You may not talk like that. You may talk totally different. By the way, cell phone users, if you are on a cell phone, just so you know, uh, and your screen goes dark, if you have your settings set to um, cell phone use. this is cell phone users, smartphones, iPhones, if it's set to go dark at a certain point uh, for screen saver, battery saver type of deal, when that kicks in, a lot of people get kicked out. Uh, especially if you're logged into chat, you'll get kicked out when that happens. So there's uh, there are a lot of folks that listen that way. In fact, about uh last week we had 68% of our of our listeners were on iPhones uh, in the in the mobile category. So, yeah, pretty amazing, pretty freaking amazing. And uh so sometimes when you're if your settings are such that uh that you that it goes dark, when that screen goes dark, I know the uh Samsung something 7 when it does, when that does that, uh, when that goes to, you know, it's it's battery saver thing, especially if you're not in a Wi-Fi environment. But there's a thing in settings you can do, and I don't really know what that is. I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to find out. By the way, chat is open, and uh, we we'd love to have you in there. There's always a vibrant uh, discussion in there. Well, anyway, so I was telling you how um, sometimes when stuff now let me just say this, I tend to be the guy who just doesn't get all Twitterpated over uh, stuff not, you know, oh, no. Because, you know, uh, it was just minutes before it, literally minutes, less than five minutes, probably like three minutes, before the show was to start, that Drago called me. That's our guest for last week. Drago called me and said, you know, would this mess you up? And so you guys don't know it, but during the spool up of the show, you know, when Mr. Barker is doing his thing, um, <laughs> I was, you know, gearing, gearing up and I thought, why well, you know, I guess he's going to call in, you know, it'll be good, we'll be in good shape, but I know he's going through, you know, he's moving and, uh, but anyway, so the point, the point is, is that it was really a, a bummer uh, that he couldn't be on, but I, I always kind of take it as and and this frustrates some of my friends, I just don't let stuff bother me that way. I say, you know what? I'll be fortunate to do whatever it is I had planned on doing, and, uh, you know, and we'll just, you know, we'll roll with it. And you guys that know me know that I don't tend to get all spun out uh, over um, when stuff goes wrong. I mean, when you've had the stuff happen to you that's happened to me, uh, you won't, you just, you just won't. I mean, and I don't mean that as a brag. It's just one of those things. You just have to accept that sometimes bad stuff happens. You got to roll with it. You got to find a way to manage the circumstances by managing how you respond to circumstances. Now that sounds real fluffy, but it's just, it's what I do uh, in my years of being in the military and then having been a police officer. Uh, my approach is that I just, I just don't let it bother me. I say, okay, we, we, You know, that didn't work out. Let's see. It's survive the next 30, next 30 seconds, next 30 minutes. You know, if you're in combat or you're under attack, you've got to survive the next 30. So you just say, hey, no matter what it is, I'm going to find a way to survive the next 30 seconds. Then the next 30 minutes, you make it there, you extend it, you keep going, keep finding a way to live. Uh, So that's kind of how I do things. And that's just burnt into my brain. Speaking of brain, you really, uh, if you're new to the show, You've really tuned in on a good day. And I know radio people, but I'm not really a radio person. I'm not a professional at this. Um, I, we started this, and I'll just say real quick, some of you are new listeners, and you don't know how this show started. Um, I did a book tour. I wrote a book called Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. And in, when I did the book tour, originally it was supposed to be just, I don't know, three or four weeks maybe six weeks on the top end, ended up being five months all over the country. And it was crazy, the reception that people gave. And apparently it's just a book that I think people might have been waiting for. And so all that said to say this, that we did this book tour and I kept doing radio interviews and TV interviews. I've been on TV a bunch. And so when I would do that, people say, you know, you really need your own show. You You could support your own show. It would be incredible, you know. You should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, and so that's how this happened. When I got back from the book tour, and I started thinking, well, I didn't really think I was going to be disabled forever. So I said, well, why not? Why not? Let's give it a try. So I looked into it and did this, and we debuted with a, on a different network. We debuted with a hundred and fourteen thousand listeners. I got a call from the CEO of the. Of the, uh, the company, I thought he was going to fire me like, oh, you're, you're too weird or something. I don't know. (laughs) And so we get a call from the guy and the guy says, holy crap, what a, what a debut. What, you know, what a number of listeners. I thought, well, maybe one or two people in my family would listen. Um, you know, maybe, oh, my, my buddy, uh, Philly Bob is listening, uh, Assess, adapt, and overcome, man. That's the military way. And we just get her done. We just don't quit. Anyway, um, let's see here. Got you all tapped in here. And uh, so anyway, so what what ends up happening is, is we did that, and then we were there a year, and then we came over here to Block Talk Radio because it's a bigger, basically a bigger potential audience, bigger megaphone. There were real nice people over there. Uh, we're all self-funded, by the way. And when I speak of my book, I'd love for you to buy the book. Uh, I think on Kindle I make four cents, literally now, four cents. On Amazon, if you buy the hardback, I think I make three or four dollars. The the uh, paperback, I make a dollar twelve maybe. So then after taxes, you know, it's it's terrible. It's it's really a look. You got to sell hundreds of thousands of books to make any money in the book zone. So we do this all our own. So I say all that to say this. That if you are looking for something to partner with, uh, we have a, a donate button on the website, which is The Ninja Pastor. Buy the book. If you're Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, um, I'd be glad to sign the book. You know, I'm, I get around. So I'd be glad to sign the book for you. It's instantly worth half when I sign it. And um, give maybe give some to the friends. But also there's a donate button. And on that donate button, you can facilitate... Um, you know giving it's not something automatic we don't keep any of your information i never see it by the way i never ever see it so um if that's something you believe in we this is all self funded we do all this ourselves i am by no means a rich man i'm I, i'm actually 100% disabled so um we do this you know, kind of a love thing now what do we do sundays i always get yelled at for this sundays we do a really different kind of church we call it the KHALA we have a live audience that meets uh, at five o'clock, and we have a meal together. We laugh together. We sometimes we cry together. We help bear each other's burdens, and it really is. I'll just tell you, it really is wonderful. This is. Uh, I get to speak all over the country when I'm invited, uh, and and so, but I I say this to this audience, the K L audience, definitely my favorite audience. It's just family. You're there with family. So if you ever. You ever in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, and even you know we have some folks that live near New York that come. Um, we would love to have you. In fact, for a long time we had somebody coming from just outside of DC. We'd love to have you. We'll feed you. Uh, you'll be very comfortable. It's a lot of fun. We have great music. It's just a blast. It's a, it's just a really really good time. All that said to say this, we also broadcast live, 5.30 to 6.30 on Sundays, and no commercials, absolutely zero commercials, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's, it's just a whole lot of fun, a lot of great, great people, a lot of great, great food. We always say if you leave out of there hungry, something's wrong with you because there's so much great food, and I always talk about it. I always say, no, I'm not going to mention that. People are going to think I'm making stuff up, but every week it just gets better. It's just unreal. So today, the reason I said, you know, I don't know, an hour or two ago, uh, today, the reason why you're lucky is because last week, uh, Drago's, I think his flight got delayed, he was in the process of moving, he had just landed, you know, he didn't even have his bags yet and he's like, oh man, I hope this doesn't mess you up. And I I said, yep, no problem, you know, so, but we're going to have two additional guests on with him today. Uh, nationally renowned neurologist uh, Dr. Salas and Dr. Gaudet, or Gaudet, um, and they're from an amazing place. And I'm really going to let them tell you more about it, uh, but it's 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 really quite something. And it's called the Cerebrum Health Center, and Drago is the director of the military veteran section of the clinic uh, with its teams of doctors and dedicated to this program specifically. So last week we weren't going to have that. That was just going to, it was just going to be Drago, which, as you guys know, Drago, an American hero, United States Navy Seal, retired, uh, recently retired. Uh, you know his story is absolutely amazing. He was a political prisoner in Poland, and he escaped Poland, uh, came legally to the United States, became a citizen. Loved this country so much, he joined the United States Navy, go Navy, beat Army, uh, and so he. He joins up and and he says, you know what? I want to be a seal, and so he became not only a seal, but he became one of, one of the most revered seals in history. Now he wants to rather be known uh, instead of Navy Seal, he wants to be known as a great American, and we certainly can afford him that because he is extraordinary, just absolutely extraordinary. Now, so today we have the Drago and the doctors, and look this isn't a, this is. I say this sometimes, and I think sometimes people think I'm full of hyperbole. Or something else this is a cannot miss episode for real so if you have the ability to send the short link to somebody uh, or send them to dr. Sean greener.com or the ninja pastor and then go over to blog click on the short link there um, it's it's the last blog post I did so I would encourage you to do that And the reason I want you to do that is because you can share the links and everything we still have time but if you profess to care about veterans' issues, and, and you guys know I'm a Navy veteran and I'm a police veteran, so uh, it, those issues are very near and dear to me, and the Gold Star family's very near and dear to me. I have a lot of great friends uh, you know that are extraordinary people that uh, sadly, have lost, um, lost their children in, in the service of this country. So that's what we call Gold Star, which you know that's the club nobody ever wants to join. So all that said to say this, you know, you say you care about veterans' issues. You say, look, you know, I care about our returning combat veterans. Look, you owe it to every single veteran in the shadows of America to listen to this episode. And if you've tuned in, I thank you for that because you're gonna be blessed big time. So Drago, great American hero, of course, and renowned neurologist, Dr. Salis and Dr. Goodet, they're gonna be here to provide you, uh, provide you what the VA won't tell you. The VA is not gonna tell you what you're gonna to hear today. So if you're a veteran out there, especially a combat veteran, and we know we have a huge audience of combat veterans, uh, and and they're extraordinary from all over the world. uh, We have some guys that are professional overseas contractors. uh, You want to learn what what we used to do in that area. uh, ExecutiveProtectionTeam.com, a little background, uh, kind of why they call me the Ninja Pastor, and so we have a connection to that group of former Tier 1 operators, ex-CIA uh, covert operators, and protection group guys, and some Secret Service guys and different people that we've worked with over the years. But the point of this is, is we have a very close affiliation and a, a very strong affection for our active duty, uh, former, and retired military, and certainly our disabled, and our Gold Star families. So. But we know that the VA is not going to tell you these things. But look, it, it goes far deeper than the VA, far deeper than the VA. It, there's an insidious, almost demonic intent here. And I know that sounds crazy, tinfoil hat wearing. But what we're going to tell you today, I, when we finish the interview with the doctors in Drago, uh, you're going to, I'm going to finish it up with explaining to you why is this happening? When you hear all these things, because you know, there's a lot of great information I want them to get out to you. I don't want to interrupt them with, with what we're going to put out today, uh, but I'm going to sum it up for you once they finish because they can't stay the whole show. So, but you're going to learn why this issue really and honestly should be one of the top issues at the front of your mind. It should be front of mind. It should be in the front of your efforts. This should be huge. Look, we send these uh, soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines, we send them to war. And we've got to help them, folks. We've got to help these folks, men and women. No matter what, we've got to help them. And really, traumatic brain injuries are TBI. You're going to hear TBI today. Uh, that stands for traumatic brain injury. I have a traumatic brain injury, uh, moderate to severe. Um, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, you're going to hear that today. Those are just some of the consequences. There's lots of other things happening. So today you're going to have Dr. Salis and Dr. Gaudet uh, are going to, or godet I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, they're going to be on today, and they're, they're renowned. I mean, this is their field. So I'm really excited about it. Of course, we're always excited to hear from Drago, hear what he's up to. Um, so my buddy Jerry from Pennsylvania sent me a text message today, and I have to share it with you, not a text message, an email today, um, because it was powerful, quite frankly. And um, the, I, I just, well, let me think about how I want to put this. You know, I've done, I've done how many shows now? What, two or three shows on Trump? Bunch of – very detailed, by the way. Bunch of shows on Ted Cruz, why I support him. By the way, for those of you who want to know, I am drinking Lady Grey tea. And this time I'm doing it British style. I had a little half and half in there. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm going full Brit today. Um, (laughs) Some folks have some ignorant things to say about that. Um, So, anyway, you know, I just – Look, I I have covered the basis as it relates to uh, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. I've thought from the beginning, since I first met Ted Cruz, this is our guy. This is our next Reagan. This is our next Reagan. Look, we can discuss the eligibility and all that crap. Uh, I've looked at it six ways to Sunday. You've got six really great constitutional lawyers and experts who say, you know what, he's eligible. And then you've got six really great... uh, People who I know and respect that say he's not eligible. So, look, until it's decided in some grand fashion, then I am I support the guy. I'm a big fan, really, really big fan. Uh, you call it people don't support him because they say, well, I don't like Howie he Thomas. He's got a nasal voice. Come on, you're supposed to be a grown up. What are you, shallow how? Shallow thou? Which are you? And then, why well, I don't like his face. It looks like he's crinkling his face all the time. I don't like his voice, how he's always sounds like he's given prepared speeches. No, this guy is brilliant. He's a genius. He's a freaking genius. And he's got an encyclopedic knowledge. He's a world-class debater. And uh, and really and truly, um, he is He's really something special. But look, you cannot like him for how his mouth looks. You cannot like him for how his nose crinkles. You not like him how his eyes squinch. Whatever. That's shallow and weak and dumb. It's just dumb. So, uh, so, so one of the great guys from Ohio, uh, black coffee, so black it absorbs light rays. Coffee so strong it bench presses more than you.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: I love that. That's funny. Y'all are funny now. Anyway, um, so let me say this. Let me say this to you. Uh, you know, my point in all that is, is I've, I have very vigorously, vigorously. Uh, supported Ted Cruz, but I've also very vigorously said, look, this is what I don't like about Trump. This is this is what his book says, clarifies a lot of things. But the GOP coming after uh, the, the the GOP leaders coming after Donald Trump, and they're preparing a hundred day campaign to stop Donald Trump. For reals, y'all, for reals, a hundred a day campaign to stop Donald Trump, and they're spending. Millions of dollars, and these are some key people that are like, Mm-mm, not going to happen. Well, I have to ask you uh if you go to business insider uh it'll you know you'll be able to download it, but I have to ask you really and truly, I have to ask you, why in the world are all these people afraid of Donald Trump uh becoming the nominee why is that what is it, what is it they're afraid of? I think they. I, I don't think they like Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz is going to expose them. I mean, Ted Cruz went to Congress, did exactly what he said he was going to do. He said, I'm going to expose them. I'm going to stand for the Constitution. I'm going to stand for what's right. I'm not going to turn from it. And, folks, I have to tell you... Uh, He's done what he said. A lot of people say, well, he doesn't have one person. Well, he does have more than one people, uh, colleagues, that are supporting him. I think when people say what they say about that, well, he doesn't even have any friends. You know, nobody's endorsed him from where he works. Well, um, it, you know, look, it, the bottom line here is I don't want a guy that, that has so many friends in Congress. He goes along to get along. I don't really... Want that. I don't want it. I don't want it. I want a guy who gets in there and gets in people's faces. And you know what? You got to respect the guy. What was it? 21 hours? Stood up, didn't go to the bathroom, didn't eat anything, didn't drink anything. 21 hours trying to save us from Obamacare. You say, wow, he didn't do anything. Let me tell you something, folks. He did all he could do. And I got to honor a guy like that. Now, Donald Trump, you know, I. Donald Trump is by far not my not my prime candidate, for reals. Um, I have to say, you know what, I, I would really prefer Cruz, but if Donald Trump is a nominee, you know what, I'm casting my vote for Donald Trump. But if these GOP hacks get in there and try to mess that up, if he goes in with a massive majority... Then I got a news flash for you. They're pulling some crap with uh, with Kasich. Come on, Kasich's a a putz. He is a putz, folks. Flat out putz. He hates cops for real. He hates cops. And he and he's not a Second Amendment guy. He was he was a, a big signer on to the original Clinton uh, assault rifle ban, which was stupid. It was stupid. It had no impact on crime. No whatsoever. All it did was drive the cost of guns up, and it was just a stupid symbolic thing that was just dumb. It was just stupid. Kasich, Kasich's the guy. So, here's the bottom line: is I will I will support Trump. Not my favorite, but I'll support him because I will tell you what, I don't think other countries are going to mess with us if Donald Trump's near the button. Amen. Whereas my friend Joseph Prince says, Amen. So in 1994. Yep, that's right. Signed by Casey. So Jerry and I send this thing back and forth. He sends me this uh, this link. I watched the link. And I said, why do you think these PACs and GOPs are so opposed to Trump? And Jerry sends back to me. Currently, there's no difference between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans are not stopping anything Obama wants to do. Listen, folks, that's a fact. That's a we can't deny that we we have to acknowledge it. That, that is a fact. Is absolutely a fact. There's no way you can deny it. They they haven't really done anything. You know, and I said and a couple shows ago, I said, look, you know, we elected a majority, we got a majority elected, but a majority of what? Majority of what? Wimps? Go along to get alongs. It's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So uh, Republicans, you know, my friend Jerry from Pennsylvania, Republicans and listener of the show, great supporter of the show, Republicans are not stopping anything Obama wants to do. They would rather have Hillary elected and protect their cushy control, the federal bureaucracy, donors, lobbyists, than have someone like Trump or Cruz do any reducing of the size of government. Most Republicans in Congress are becoming socialists right before our eyes. Now, here's what I'd like to say about that. Um, You know, Ted Cruz has come out vigorously and said you want to say why isn't the guy like there's something wrong uh there's something wrong but uh you know something wrong when when he doesn't have any supporters there in washington well you know i hate to tell you but no offense but i don't want the guy loved you know, let me ask you, why are federal jobs any, well, we can't eliminate the Department of Education. That'll be tens of thousands of people out of work. It might be wrong to do that to those people and their families. Why are their jobs any more important than, than, than private sector jobs? Look, they've lived high off the hog for a long time. I hope they've saved some money. Well, the EPA. Well, you're talking about closing down the EPA and Bureau of Land Management. That's not right. People are just going to be pouring battery acid, throwing batteries right in the drinking water. We're going to have fracking right in people's backyards. Got to be kidding me, man. I'm with you, Jerry. I want massive government unemployment. You say, well, we can't have all those. Close the IRS. We can't do that. Those people. You know, what would happen to them? Well, they better start getting training. They better start doing some stuff that's going to employ them in the private sector because in the public sector, they've lived off the teat of you and me for far too long. And it ain't right. It ain't right. Just not right, folks. Look, uh, look. I care about families as much as anybody else, but I'm going to tell you right now, public sector is no more important than private sector. You say government service. Come on, shut up with that government service crap. You get paid more money than the private sector does. You get better benefits. You get all that stuff. I'm tired of hearing it. So anyway, um, look, they don't want Trump or Cruz in there because they're going to cut back. They're going to they're going to cut. Department of Education got to go to go, turn it back over to the states. Ports and forts, folks, 10 miles around D.C., that's it. That's it. shouldn't have all this other stuff. It's ridiculous. It's not, we get no business in any of that. More than half U.S. union workers are in government, making 30% more than the same jobs in private sector. And let me say this, doing a poor job of it. So if the Republicans back to Jerry from Pennsylvania's um email and then we'll have on uh, Drago and the doctors. If the Republicans really wanted to help their party by uniting behind Republicans, they would unite behind Cruz. But they don't they don't do this because they know Cruz would expose their hypocrisy just as Trump the outsider will do. The election is not about Republican or Democrat or even about conservative or liberal, really. It is about the establishment fear of losing a headlock on their own contacts and lifestyles at the expense of middle-class Americans. Boom! Drop the mic. But it goes on. Jerry is the man. They fear Trump more because he is an outsider, a very smart businessman who has no fear. Plus, he's unpredictable. People say, well, I don't want that guy in there. Uh, You know, I kind of like that. I kind of like how they can't go, well, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. You know, there's an element of of problem with that when we're talking about you know saying stuff. You know, it, it's just one of those things. But I kind of I kind of want that. I kind of want that. I want people to recognize. Hey, you know what? <sighs> Look, and my buddy Steve from Ohio. If you support the private sector, everyone wins. As you have a thriving private sector, you create more public jobs. More police, more fire, more services, stuff like that. It naturally occurs as a byproduct of excellent, excellent service. Anyway, that said, the election isn't about Republican or Democrat. Look, they're afraid. They're absolutely afraid of Trump or Cruz. Trump's still going to be a billionaire. He absolutely does not care. What do I care? I'm not trying to make a living. I'm not trying to become a millionaire like you guys do. By by doing you know all this crazy stuff, I'm not trying to do it. I'm just doing my thing, man. Doing my thing. And I'm going to try to do the right thing for our country. I'm going to try to do the right thing for our country. I'm going to try to do the best thing. That's how I'm going to do it. And if y'all don't like it, well y'all don't like it. If y'all don't like it, y'all don't like it. It's it's okay by me. He's not gonna be moved by it. Ted Cruz said, Look, I'm not going there to be friends. I'm not going there to be friends. I d to be friends I look, I don't want them to feel like he's on their team. I don't want that. We got this way through all kinds of back backroom deals. And I say this, I did a show, Jerry's reminded me, Congress should live under the same laws as all Americans. And I'm saying this, I did a show, I don't know how many months ago, what if I became president? So if you go and search the archives at TheNinjaPastor.com, go over to the blog, go down there, go over to broadcast, listen now, all that. You can listen to all the stuff, it's on iTunes, I'm on iTunes, I'm on all that stuff. Uh, or you go to BlogTalkRadio.com backslash NinjaPastor, go to episodes, and you can find it. What I would do if I were... And I said, if they make me present, this is what I'm doing. Bottom line. But this election isn't about Republican or Democrat. It's not about conservative or liberal. It's about establishment fear, losing the headlock on their own contacts and lifestyles. Amen. The only way we save America and give power to Americans is to break the back of the controlling cartel. Otherwise, we either slowly lose the country for our children and grandchildren by electing another establishment crook, or we lose it quickly by electing Hillary. That's ultimately what it comes down to. It's ultimately what it comes down to. Do we need to be chasing unicorns here? Hillary Clinton, are you kidding me? Bernie Sanders, are you kidding me? That's how dumb America has become. In, the, in my book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, I talk about this. And I say, hey, you got to understand something here. You got to understand how this goes. You can't be giving trophies to your kids as though they, they did some great thing for just showing up. You can't do it. You just can't do it. And you'd be foolhardy to do it. Now, let me tell you what. You guys, I'm telling you right now. You, you are privileged. You, you, are, you are absolutely privileged uh, right now, and I know I'm privileged to be in the presence of a great American who went the long way around to come to our country and make our country better. He's a legal immigrant who made our country better. He fought for our country, uh, stood, stood strong for us, and, and got in really some nasty, nasty stuff for our benefit. Uh, one of the good guys, Drago, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Sean. It's an honor to be on your show. I have with me Dr. Solis, uh, Dr. Gaudet. And I would like to speak about something I think we didn't speak before or not often. I would like to speak about TBI and and PTSD, the traumatic brain injury and uh, PTSD. There's something that is, uh, especially with TBI, it is resurfacing right now. And until not too long time ago, we didn't even know much about it, or at least we didn't, we were not concerned about it in our veteran communities. So I would like to talk a little bit about it. You know, I know your listeners know me from uh, Drago's Least, where I used to chase crooks, thieves, and liars plugging uh, veterans' communities. But now I'd like to change the subject, talk about something which is uh, really important and actually which touches me personally as I say, the TBI and PTSD. So there's a lot of veterans, a lot of our guys coming back from war with these invisible wounds. But basically, you cannot even pinpoint it sometimes. But this is something that, it, and also it is something that is often overlooked because in my case, where I had some problems with my balance, with my memory, so I just learned to deal with it. I think that in special operations, this is what we learn, to, to, to make it with what you got. So if I couldn't remember the gate of the airport, the, uh, the airport I was walking to, I just had it written down on a piece of paper. And I, every two minutes I had to check if I'm going to the right gate with balance. If I couldn't put my pants on, I had to hold on to something Well, I just was holding on to something and putting my pants on. But it doesn't have to you know, be like that. That can be treated and can be, uh, can be fixed. Uh, and this is what is happening here in the Cerebral Health Center in Dallas where the treatment for TBI and PTSD for veterans is free of charge. So we basically fly them and we also, we, we cover the cost of flight, the hotel and the meals and the treatment for two weeks and we can fix the veterans. There's something I would like to talk about because people hail us uh, veterans as heroes. you know, We're fighting the war, but this is another kind of hero right now Talking about the heroes uh, we do not talk about yet, but I think that we need to bring them in the spotlight because those are the people who are fixed, us veterans, who are helping us put our lives together after we come back from war. I'm talking about doctors working here at Cerebral Health Center in Dallas. And I'm with two doctors right now, uh, Dr. Solis and Dr. Gaudet, who are on the veterans team. And maybe they can elaborate a bit more about PTSD and TBI. So I'll, I'll give the microphone to Dr. Salis. So Dr.
1: Well, Ross Solis. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Salis. We're glad to have you here. I, you know, what's funny? It's um, I, I have to say this. It's it is ironic. I have a moderate to severe uh, TBI or traumatic brain injury, and I'm you know I'm a veteran myself, so I'm huge into the veterans' issues. This show, big supporter. And let me tell you what. Uh, I think I can get behind what you folks do there because um, this is desperately needed. And we're going to hear more in just a few minutes from you guys about what you do. But I want to first say thank you for what you do because America's veterans deserve better treatment than they're getting from the government. So I thank you that you guys are stepping up and the men and women in your organization are stepping up and doing amazing, great things for the men and women who serve and and are hurt uh, in the service of our country. So thank you very much from myself and from our audience.
2: Well, it
3: really is our pleasure. And, and if I can kind of just introduce what we do. Um, again, my name is Ross Solis. I'm a doctor of chiropractic who specializes in clinical neuro- neurology. Uh, I work alongside with Dr. Charlene Godet, who's one of our team members, specifically for our veteran side of the clinic, as well as another doctor. Dr. Manny Nunez. Uh, Again, the beautiful thing is we are at a team approach, and as a veteran yourself, you know that brotherhood and sisterhood and team, teams are what lead this world to be a beautiful place. So with every single assessment, with every single veteran, we understand that they need to have a team behind them. So rarely is it just one-on-one. The brain is, and we all know this, the brain is too complicated to have just one-on-one. So we normally have at least two to three to four brains on one specific case assessing their health, assessing what they need most importantly for life and optimal optimal health. One of the biggest things we do here is a comprehensive assessment of these They're not new necessarily, TBI is not new, PTSD is not new but our understanding is new so we do a, we really do pride ourselves in the educational aspect of what we do here and Cerebral Health Centers is both a, it's we see a huge civilian population base, as you know, specifically with concussions, TBI, uh, autoimmune diseases, infectious diseases, and we have uh, medical doctors on staff, family nurse practitioners, again, chiropractors, uh, you name it. But you know, in the recent, in the very since the very beginning of the clinic, there there was a veteran program because we did want to give it back. We we had a very 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 close relationship with a lot of veterans who went through some severe traumatic brain brain injuries and. Traumatic events that ultimately—it doesn't always have to be in that direction—can develop PTS or PTSD. And with the program, I can say from my own personal experience, it's—it's been life-changing. I have a new appreciation and a new understanding of what you guys and gals do overseas for us. You know, we—you think today with technology, wars aren't so intense. You know, you always hear about the history of World War One, World War Two, but that almost makes Wars more intense today because of the amount of IEDs all these guys have been exposed to, mortars, uh, grenades, you name it, and just not even from the enemy. Sometimes it's part of your own job, as Drago really personally experienced. So to hear the stories and hear the experiences, not only from battle, but also from the battle of life when they get back and having to deal with families and having to deal with memory loss and having to deal with sleeplessness, it, it really gives you a newfound respect. In appreciation for everything you guys and gals have done for us. So first of all, I want to give my thanks, and I know Dr. Goday is with me as well, thanks back to you for what you've done in Drago and the whole community.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was my honor to serve. And certainly I didn't serve with the distinction that, that uh, Drago served with, but it is absolutely an honor to to. – I'll tell you, I, I met some of the greatest people in my life, and they were 18-, 19-year-olds uh, from all kinds of different parts of the country – that said, you know what? We want to give the best of ourselves while we can to our country, and and so I was honored. I was in the company of heroes. So thank you for that. You know, you said something uh, that I think is very powerful. Let me let me also say I have a great respect for uh, chiropractic neurologists because the the I have a team that helped me. Uh, the the regular doctors, no offense to regular doctors, but the ones I was seeing couldn't help me. Um, and I went to a chiropractic, uh, neurologist and, and then, uh, my other guy who was, is similar to that. And, um, I have to tell you, Dr. Trent Ryan and Dr. Jeffrey Marangelo, they, they changed my life. They, they put me in a situation where I was sustainable. And, and it's so funny because Drago mentioned you know, look. I would realize I'd be dizzy. I'd realize I couldn't do this, couldn't do that. I'd realize I forgot my gate. You know, oh, I'm supposed to go to uh, baggage claim now, and you just find a workaround. And so it's very difficult. It's right. It, it, it's it's an invisible wound, and it's very very difficult to see. So tell me, you so you, you guys uh, and and Doctor and Doctor Gaudet, she is a what now? What what is her specialty?
4: Hi, I'm uh this is Dr. Jode. I am actually I'm a chiropractor as well with uh working on my diplomate and functional neurology as well right
1: now. Awesome, awesome. Well, you guys do uh great work and I appreciate that. It's it's a fantastic field. And so welcome. We're glad to have you as well. So how did this happen in your practice? I know you come across a guy like Drago and you'll never be the same after you meet him, but how did that happen? <laughs> so you're are you seeing uh are you seeing uh an Because you guys are down in Dallas, but you but you have you have soldiers come to you from all over the country. How did that happen? Did that over act-
2: the country, because, let me just throw something not only from over the can- around the country, but also from overseas. We mm-hmm. right now start cooperating with Poland, with police special forces who possibly will be getting uh also patients from Poland as well.
1: That's fantastic, I love that. So an international operation. I really really like that. So so you start seeing folks uh, and they're exhibiting these signs. They have all these issues. What what do you uh, what what do you do at that point?
4: What we do we, we start with a comprehensive uh, assessment, uh, neurological and and orthopedic type exams. We need to kind of get a baseline for them. We do testing. We do gold standard testing as well. But our, our goal is to figure out some of the things that that are going on that have been perplexing some of their other medical healthcare professionals. So each of us are are good in our own wheelhouse, and that's the reason we take this team approach with medical doctors and chiropractors and nurse practitioners because no one profession can fix all of it. So having all of these people in-house allows us to have these back room consults where we can sit down and get together all the docs and, put their brains on it, you know. Um, it may be one person primarily treating and seeing this, but every doctor in here has the opportunity to say, hey, you know, I've done really well with this in the past. Maybe this is something you guys should consider. So that when we say team approach, we mean it because we have every aspect of medicine here in order to be able to fully be able to treat these guys and gals like we need to.
1: hmm what are you seeing a lot of there? Uh, because I, I can tell you uh, I was – I rejected the whole brain injury thing. I absolutely rejected it. I said – because I was kind of shattered. I had physical uh, a lot of physical maladies too, and I had to have surgery and all that stuff to put me back together. But all along I said, no, no brain injury. I don't have a brain injury. No way I have a brain injury. You know, I'm fine. I'm I think, good.
3: I think that – I think Drago's story is a perfect example of that, and I'm sure you will like. I, I don't
2: like to try in but on it because that's exactly, Sean, exactly what you say happened to me. I refuse, I refuse to believe that something possible could be wrong with me. I had this trip schedule a year ago, I mean year and a half ago, and before that trip, I was just thinking about it. I said, hell, no, no way. I'm a seal. I'm I'm, I'm a tough guy. There's nothing possible can be wrong with me. Um, well, I cancelled that. Well, yeah, uh, Last year, uh, that subject came up, my family was falling apart and uh, there was a lot of issues going on and I realized that something may, may be wrong. But right before the trip, I said, well, no, hell no, nothing can be wrong with steel. I'm, I'm, I'm a tough guy, absolutely not. I cancelled the trip. But then you I know, was put the ultimate I'm going to go and get help or my will finally. I thought about it for seconds, and the next day I called back and like, excuse me, can you take me back? And then I came here. And I tell you this, if somebody told me before that within uh two weeks I will see the big difference. I would think I would just laugh it off. Uh, not anymore because after the first week I could tell you the huge difference. Uh, we do have right now another NADCL undergoing the treatment, and the difference is visible. And I talked to him. I'm here, and uh, he is very explicit about it, about the changes and, and that he sees. But it's not only that. The biggest change you will see your family, because the change even this two weeks, but it's still gradual. So it's a lot of the things you overlook or you get used to it. But your family, that like I can talk about it all day long. But my wife. And she's much more better articulate they better articulate than I can, but she could tell the, the the real story. And I think sometimes it would be good to bring her on the show or bring some spouses or families on the show of uh, our patients here who went through the treatment and actually they can tell even better story of the success. And, oh, and to I get agree back to your that. question
1: what,
2: yeah
3: so you asked what well, what do we see, right? And Drago said it perfectly in and it's something that we all see. And I can, you know, without even seeing Drago, just knowing what his background was as a job, as a breacher, I could tell you that he he definitely had some issues with memory. It's something we see all the time. Like, I, I don't remember the grocery list my wife gave me, or I don't remember the list of, of my tasks for the day, even though you told me five seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, sleeplessness is the biggest thing. Oh. I'm not getting quality sleep. I can't stay asleep and I don't fall asleep, which exactly can lead into depression. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't tell you sometimes. I've seen that in front of my face, and you can see it into a person's eyes and say, This person is at a dark place right now. Not by choice. Um, I've seen uh, constant headaches, is another uh, constant one. Irritability, uh, uh, decreased ability to handle too much stimulation like sounds and sights Mm -hmm. and being in a restaurant.
1: Yep, that's
3: me. it's, those are the biggest things that we've seen on a regular basis, and there's more, of course. We see constantly uh, people's libido begins to drop. Um, now, not Drago, of course. Drago is one big libido.
1: Or, or so, me, brother. It's me, no, 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 no.
3: You know. But, um, <laughs> <Come on now. laughs> but it's common, unfortunately, and that's something you know. Again, very rarely is any male going to say, "Yeah, I don't have that." Right. You're not going to publicly announce that you don't have a sex drive or you don't function the way you used to. And something we do is we really try to educate the vast majority of all these guys that, you know, whenever the brain gets kind of shook up, the primary hormones that help release testosterone or estrogen for a female, those get shook up. They get disrupted. So that knowledge of knowing what happens after a blast or after a traumatic experience is key. And
2: I can attest to it myself, I have to make disclaimer. My sexuality was never down. I don't expect to be down. And <laughs> I'm as strong as it was two years ago. So that's just for you listeners. <laughs>
1: Amen, brother.
2: But, uh, but on the serious side, you know, uh, especially with us, with spec war guys, a lot of the stuff that we do, uh, until not too long time ago, we didn't realize even the effect of it that it has on our bodies. I'm breacher, so the explosions the close proximity explosions with standing from the few feet from explosions it didn't bother me much at least I thought it doesn't make a difference in my body, and I didn't see the difference because the change is gradual, and until years down the road, you realize that something is wrong, and then just what what is it why why what is why is it happening? So these guys are putting us back together they 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 figured out what is wrong how to fix it, and they are the heroes right now. There is a new battlefront, a battlefront for our lives, and these guys are on the forefront of it.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And it's very – I have to tell you, um, almost everything that you mentioned is something that not only myself but those who are in my family and my close, close friends um, have noticed. And, and if you were to know me before um, – I have to tell you, I was in a 92 mile per hour versus 51 mile per hour head-on crash. I bent the steering wheel with my mouth. Um, wow. it, it, absolutely astounding. And and but the doctors, the regular doctors in the ER. See, this is this is the thing that frustrates me because in what you guys do, Doctor Salice and Doctor Gaudet, in what you do, uh, Doctor Marangel and Doctor Ryan helped me more than any of the other doctors because. They said this to me, powerful, it was powerful when i'm in the the emergency room and i'm in tra- i think it was trauma one or trauma two uh a fell in the other car died and um so it's, it's a crazy crazy thing. They asked me, were you ever unconscious? Well, how do I know if i'm unconscious i don't know. I found out two years sure, later sure. or three years later, the two firemen came up to me and said, "Your eyes were open your you you were uh your you uh your your pupils were I think they said fixed and dilated I don't know something like that and they said you were unresponsive and you had no pulse so we marked you down as a double fatal and then at some point later someone looked in at me and said oh my god he's alive now I don't know if I died and God chose to sustain me or or restore me I don't know I can't say that because I don't I don't have a memory of that I do have a memory of the first thing I saw once I realized anything so, what I'm saying there is is the traditional medical profession says and lawyers, I might add, say well, if you were never unconscious, you didn't have a you don't have a brain injury. If you weren't unconscious, you didn't have a brain injury. If you didn't vomit right then or in close proximity to the thing, well, now I was in the emergency room and I vomited half a garbage can, literally. But, yep. what do I do? That, that's
3: you know that's the benefit and again i being I speak and think very highly of what we do, of course, not in the mean I can say honestly i've I've also been a patient through our program because I suffered multiple concussions uh again, that was most of every single person's understanding. you know we always ask day one, no matter what you come in for, have you ever had a concussion, and we have to rephrase that now because most people think no, I've never been knocked out. Well, that's not what a concussion is. And, you know, the movie Concussion does a good job at explaining essentially the the physiology of what happens. It Mm -hmm. takes a certain amount of Newton, a certain amount of force to really shake up a a brain enough so that microvasculature or small little blood vessels or little cellular organisms, uh, glial cells, whatever you want to call them, they kind of become inflamed. They say, you know, within certain, you know, high-powered rifles, if you shoot them enough, that can cause enough inertia and and shaking of the brain Mm -hmm. that certain blood vessels can actually, you know, rupture on the microscopic level. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, there's a lot of things that these guys have to deal with. And not only that, I've worked with quite a few SEAL team members who, uh, what's the name of the boat, Strago? I forget, the boats that they all go on in the middle of the ocean. I guess boats. boat is a technical term for it, I found out. They found they actually tried to do the research on these SEAL team members on these boats, but they had to cancel the research because the researchers were getting knocked out. Mm -hmm. So that's what you find is unhealthy, but really it's not that. If you have one um, one instance where you just see stars, and this is where it gets kind of scary because, you know, I can just imagine so many family members and parents who said that they've seen stars, you know, just from getting a little bump on the head. That Mm -hmm. essentially is a concussive event. Seeing little stars, right, called little butterflies or little birdies, um, feeling off just a bit, feeling a little, you know, lightheaded after being a bump on the head, that is a micro-concussion. Just like every other condition in the world today, we're starting to find out everything's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Rarely is it just one type of concussion. You have high-grade concussions and you have low-grade concussions, autoimmune diseases, there's an autism spectrum now today, there's an ADD, ADHD spectrum concussions need to be put right there in that same spectrum perspective so that you understand, you know, even if you have a bunch of little baby concussions, after a while it becomes a huge concussion. And knowledge is power because you're right, man. You know, that's an old school way of thinking. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, this is the good and the double-edged sword of the medical world today. And in hospitals, they rule out pathology. They want to make sure you're not diseased, dying, or dead next week or the next month. Mm -hmm. That's why we've really gone along to this functional medicine or functional neurology, functional chiropractic neurology, whatever you want to call it. We want these guys optimal, not good enough. We want these guys to have, like you, we want you to have the life that you have whenever you're running, you know, at 100% and not just 90%. Who knows what you're at now, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the difference between functionality and just keeping you Okay.
1: You know what's funny is, uh, and I guess maybe it's not funny. I mean, honestly, I'm not, uh, actually, I shouldn't say funny. It's it's ironic that today uh, my son and I had a great day. Uh, my boy Doyle and I, I love that kid. And we were working in the garage a little bit, and I can't do very much because if I bend over, uh, sometimes I do a, sometimes if I bend over, I do a header. I don't even know I'm doing it. All of a sudden I'm on the ground and I'm thinking, what happened? You know, who pushed me? Uh, so you have to be really, really careful. And I I did very little. It wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. And so one of the things we did was we put this part on my truck, not a real big deal, but I said, well, I got to really quick before I do my show, um, test it, make sure it's right. And so I drove maybe, and this, this doesn't happen much when I'm sitting in my truck. So no alarms, don't worry. Um, but I mean, I got dizzy. I got so dizzy I literally found a parking lot, pulled over, and sat for a few minutes. And I have to be honest with you, it was really disturbing to me. It honestly yep. was disturbing. And my crash was April twelfth, two thousand and twelve.
2: 2012.
3: Yep. Long time ago, man. That that that's you know this is what they call. And there's tons of literature and research on this topic. It's called the metabolic cascade of a concussion. Yeah. A uh, fancy way to say it doesn't just happen in a moment there is a cascade of events that if you don't catch it or don't, don't have the know-how or the ability to rehabilitate that person or that brain and that tissue, because, you know, in, in all reality, that's what we're working with a, is a bunch of tissue, right, a bunch of little living cells that have their own function. You have brain cells, you have muscle cells, and you, you name it. If you don't assess that area of the brain from a multi-tiered and multi-leveled perspective, you have a greater chance of missing something. I mean, again, they came at you from a straight physical perspective. Does this guy have brain swelling? I guarantee they checked it on you. Does this guy yeah, they have did a bruise a in his change. brain? Yeah, absolutely. So they check him physically, which is huge, because that's what's going to keep you alive, because we do have a limitation of matter. But then the question is, well, did they reassess your chemistry? Did they see, are you inflamed systemically ever since then? Are you getting your fish oils? Are you getting your vitamin Ds? Are you B vitamins? Things like that. And then, you know, what about your mentality? Uh, I, like you just said, those words alone that you just kind of mentioned, it terrifies you, it's scary. That's a mental perspective that is very, very real. So a lot of these guys, you know, after a, a concussion, and this is all in the NFL and you hear about it so much today, they go to the psychiatrist, the psychologist, and they say, it's just in your head. Here, take this.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, no crap, man. I know it's in your head. <laughs> that's, that's, where yeah. that's where That's where my brain is. Exactly. Exactly. That's where perception exists. But with the lack of know-how and the lack of knowledge, uh, you know, it's hard to really come at it from an entire perspective. Like Dr. Godet said, amazingly, we we want everyone under one roof. That way, we're no further than a phone call or a knock on the door away to say, hey, what do you think of this specific case in this specific aspect of your profession? And let's blend it with our profession.
2: Mm-hmm. And this is what I would like to accomplish with your show, because it is very important show. The education is very important. We want our veterans to know that uh, the help is available, and the earlier, the better. But it is important of the early intervention. If you know that something is wrong with, with you, and most likely, most often, you will have the, these indications from your family. Those are the first people who will actually point it out that something may not be right like in my case, uh, with you, that you might need to, you might want to seek help. So I would like to educate our veterans and our helpers at least uh, send a message that there is this, there is there are things that can go wrong with us in combat, and these people are here standing by to help and fix us and put us back together. And yeah. we need to use it. Please remember also that this treatment is free to our veterans; that the flight, the hotel, and, uh, all the expenses are covered.
1: Well, uh, one of our listeners in chat, and that's awesome, and that's just absolutely amazing. I think I might take a trip down to Dallas just to see you guys. Um, of course, any excuse to see Drago is going to be cool, but you guys are going to start absolutely. seeing a whole bunch of folks coming to see Drago that are uh, you know, some, some good people. So um, we have one of our listeners, uh our buddy Steve, uh, he's an EMT nurse. Uh, trauma guy uh, and fireman from Ohio, does the inflammation caused by these multiple concussions cause rhabdomyolysis? Rhabdomyolysis? I don't know, rhabdomyolysis?
3: Rhabdomyolysis?
1: Yes, that's it.
3: Yes and no. It's not, I I can honestly say I'm not going to be telling you I know something I don't know. It's not the most direct correlation that I've been aware of. Now, we don't deal with that. Usually you hear about that in more severe cases where there's more of acute responses. Again, those are, you know, pathological, things that are very recent, things that have occurred, you know, pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Or there's something that you have severe uh, muscle breakdown that can cause that, you know, severe people that do a lot of uh, CrossFit.
1: Can you tell? Ooh, ooh, CrossFit, Uh uh-oh. Yeah, I'm always preaching to my son. I'm there worried about him. Hey, let let me ask you, can you tell the audience, the rest of the audience, what that word is that you said that you pronounce way better than me because you're a doctor? Uh, I'm a doctor too, but hey, I don't what? pronounce the word.
3: Go ahead, doctor.
4: Yeah, go ahead. So rhabdomyolysis is actually muscle breakdown, and it it can be caused by many different things, but it's usually caused by pathology, Okay. So you're usually going to see it in a more acute situation. Um, One of the first signs of it is a person will have blood in their urine, and that usually is alarming enough to get them to the doctor fairly quickly. Mm. So it's not something we, um, mainly because the people here aren't acute, it's more of a chronic situation. We don't see a lot of it.
1: Wow. Wow. That's a good question, though. That's really fantastic. I know I... I. I uh, in my case, you know, I can tell you it's, it's a really, really confusing thing um, because stuff happens. Of course, when you have a brain injury, unless you keep reminding yourself you have a brain injury, like in, in my case, I, I had prior to the crash, I'm not trying to brag or anything like that, but at a genius level IQ. Well, I still have a high IQ as tested by the neuropsychologist, but... I can't count past 11. I can't count money. Uh, I have no idea. I just got a watch, the great people at Invicta, uh, because I was supporting one of their uh, thin blue line watches, and so many people bought them. They had me come in and said, hey, we want to thank you for that. So they did that. It was amazing. Um, And so I went in and I found this watch that says what day, the word, what day of the week it is, and the number. On the watch, and I, because I, I don't even know. I don't know what day of the week it is. People say, you know, can you come on the 18th? I don't know what. What is the 18th? It's just there's yeah. no connection, and I don't know when I'm in the middle of that unless I'm constantly reminding myself, "Hey, buddy, you got a brain injury. You got a serious deal here." Uh, I was in what they called the unsurvivable crash. Uh, GM bought the vehicle and they cut it into pieces. They used their computers and they didn't know that I survived, but they concluded that the occupant of this vehicle, because they don't they don't know any of the details behind the crash, they use science to to measure and determine. They said the occupant of this vehicle did not survive, and then they give a percentage of that, and it was a hundred percent in all of the cases, a hundred percent of the time. Did 't survive, and I can tell you i first of all I thank god i'm i 'm a guy who's a believer in christ. I believe that that for whatever reason he sustained me, and i 'm thankful for that um, However, there are certainly uh really, really crazy things that I deal with on a on a daily basis the sleep thing i 'm so glad you said the sleep thing because man i'm telling you i 'm so tired. I just I can't begin to tell you how fatigued I am all the time. And uh, one of our listeners has a question. Is the RIS, reticular activating system, being damaged by these injuries, sleep cycle problems?
3: Um, that is a smart listener, whoever that is.
1: Let me tell you what, Steve is a sharp dude. Uh, he's one of the sharpest dudes I know. Let me tell you that.
3: It's absolutely right, man. We have an activating center. It has to do with sleep. It has to do with the the actual the act of standing up uh, from sitting to standing has a small uh, piece of that re- reticular activating system uh, part of it all. I mean, it, it, it's in the name. It's The reticular is usually defined as a web-like structure within the brainstem of all these brain cells that talk to each, ho- each other. The activating system is kind of self-explanatory. Um, one of the big words and kind of fancy ways of explaining concussions that was thrown out early on and still is today is something called a diffuse axonal injury. It's a, I think if it's a fancy way, again, I, I, I follow the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid, because, you know, if, if I can explain things and understand things on a simple, on a simple way, then you can actually start activating things and applying them to life. But the point is, man, the brain, whenever we think of the brain, we usually think of the top of the brain, the neocortex, the big squishy brain, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. what zombies really like to eat. <laughs> and then and then you have the actual, the deep, the fibrous brain, the, the cerebellum, the brainstem, you have the mesencephalon, the medulla, and the pons, not in that order specifically. And then it all connects into the uh, spinal cord. The point is, Whenever you have two different tissues laying on top of each other, different consistency, then they'll essentially twist or squish on top of each other. Right where those two types of cell and the different types of fibers junction, which is in the very top of the brainstem, right in the very bottom aspect of the neocortex, is where a lot of that reticular activating system lives, those cells. Specifically speaking to the pineal gland, the pituitary gland, the hypothalamus, all these are fancy ways of saying the areas that release primary hormones that stimulate us. To wake us up in the morning, to put us to bed at night, to wake us up whenever we're trying to focus in class, or even to wake us up to follow a simple instruction like, hey, take out the trash and do the laundry. Um, so absolutely your brain is, I mean, again, that's a smart listener. He knows exactly where a lot of this is being affected. And that is one of the bigger areas of affected, uh, t- tissue.
1: Hmm. Wow. And you know what, what it's, it's amazing because the things that you're describing, the lawyers and the, and the regular doctors, they all look at me, uh, and look at my family. Cause my family now, somebody goes with me to every appointment because I hate to say this, and this, this really ticks them off, but they'll, when I go by myself, so what did the doctor say? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I just left there, but I don't remember. Yep. Um, yep. It is it is funny because, not funny, but ironic, because almost everything that you're describing I experience on a daily basis. and And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, it has to be frustrating to the people around me and let's talk about the veterans. You know, this person that comes back, uh, who maybe they're a breacher like Drago, maybe maybe they do underwater explosives, maybe they're a, a 0311 Marine, you know, maybe yep. they're, you know, who knows? But there's a lot of concussive activities. We've got the IEDs, the blasts all this stuff yep. and really stuff that uh current warfare is all about the IED um and and and, and other explosive things well now these guys are living you know they're yep. living when before they would die i mean normal medicine they would die you know you, you would be like oh you know you're gone you're out of here and now they come back well this person when they left as one person i'm thinking of several people because i counsel uh people um returning combat veterans also for free and and i and i run across this all the time they say i don't feel like the same guy i i'm a yeah. different person now and i don't know why and so we talk about what they did we talk about what happened with them uh and i i have somebody that i love i genuinely love who was shot in his helmet, in his Kevlar helmet. He was uh, one of the Army's top snipers. Shot in his helmet. The bullet went all the way through and pressed the where it made a slight indentation. It didn't breach the final layer of the um, of the Kevlar. Well, you know that had to be a significant thump on his head. He never even thought about it, and none of the people in the Army... Thought about it. He was like, Oh, did you see my helmet? They didn't care. Yep. The, Army didn't, the Army didn't care. They were like, Whatever, you're all right. You look fine to me. You know?
3: You know, they don't take into consideration the shockwave alone from that bullet. You know, it's, again, we are, if the brain is such a sensitive gelatinous tissue. You know, it doesn't take much to shake up those cells. And, you know, those are things you have to take into consideration. But, that, what that does though, if we start taking, I mean, the NFL is starting to suffer. I was watching something, a local news station the other day uh, on, on TV, and they're really saying about this huge war and debate. I guess, you know, the NFL is, my understanding, starting to suffer from some of its viewings. The viewers mm-hmm. are starting to not watch as much because we're starting to understand how, you know, little a hit can do or how much a little hit can do to the brain and to the person. And I'm glad you brought up personality because that's something, again, you asked, what do we see on a regular basis? Personality changes. And personality, if you just kind of reverse engineer what the brain does, it's all held in the frontal lobes. Now, everything is personality, but whenever your frontal lobes become affected, now frontal lobes, and this is where I can really eat this stuff up as a chiropractor because I'm a specialist in biomechanics and musculoskeletal systems, and then you put the neurology on top of that because that's what the, you know, the nervous system controls, all of that things those things. The frontal lobes are where personality lives. It's where rational, logical function lives. It's where executive function It's what allows you to run your own business. It's what allows you to be a good father and to make the proper decisions to take care of your kids if they're crying. So, you know, I'm glad you mentioned personality and lack of it or a change of it because those are things that if you start seeing those signs that, man, that's not the same person that came back. Those are great signs and telltale signs to say, "Hey, maybe I need to go get this guy looked at."
1: Yeah. Well, my personality—I mean, people that know me well would tell you that my personality has indeed changed because uh, my family and some of the people that have to deal with me—they'll um, say uh, you you're flatter. There's there's like a, a null and void. Like you're you're somewhere else. You're not as on the one hand you're not as emotional and on the other hand you're more emotional uh i can tell you i've always been uh, like the passion was on uh last night uh and and uh it, you know that that always makes me cry i'm always so awed by what god has done for me and i just can't i'm i'm amazed by it so it always touches my heart but at the same time where i'm flat and um unemotional I guess would be the word I'd use uh un yep. unaffected disaffected I guess I would say um at the same time there are many times when quite honestly I look at my dog uh I look mm-hmm. at a baby I look at something that happens uh someone that I dearly dearly love and I think I'm I'm so moved by their love for me my love for for them that it moves me almost to tears I mean I I struggle with that, and I'm a tough guy. Yeah. I'm I'm almost six four, two forty some pounds, and you know I've been a tough guy my whole not my whole life, but a lot of my life. And to be in that position where emotionally I'm trying to figure stuff out, and you talked about irritability. I I was yeah. never an irritable guy, never an irritable yeah. guy, and now it's like. You you mentioned running a business. You can't run a business. You can't. Well, I ran a business. I I was uh, the head of the executive protection team, and I owned another business, and I ran both of those businesses. I was actively involved. And now, uh, I, I there's no way. Huh? It, yeah. It's such a challenge. You know, when I finish this show, now this is a two hour show. When I finish yeah. this show, I am wiped out i mean yep. wiped out and and it's uh and and i always thought well i'm a wuss i've turned into some sort of wuss and i don't know if drago yeah. has any of those indications but it really does uh feel like the, uh, my buddy jerry just uh, posted in chat far more sensitive to distractions i can create my own you know? distractions like i speak for a living now i wrote a book and i speak uh, for a I, living I can, I can I can yeah. attest
2: to it, although not as to the extent that it used to be after the treatment. I, I, I feel quite normal. and That it, that thing changed. But everything that you described is exactly applied to me too as well.
1: Well, it sounds like I need to make a trip to Dallas. So so when soldiers come to you, how do you find them as far as their receptiveness to, your, to what you do or even in accepting that they might have a TBI or PTSD? And I want to get into PTSD too. I want to. I definitely want to uh, help our audience understand that a little bit.
3: Well, when when it comes to them finding us, I, from my experience, a lot of it, and Drago said it perfectly. It's usually after some deep thought, and unfortunately, a lot of other failed treatments. Uh, Dr. Godet said it best too. Normally, after we see people, it's pretty a chronic case. Uh, now that was something we're trying to change. We want to see these guys in in. A borderline acute phase. And I say borderline because if you hit your head yesterday, we're going to make you wait. You know, it's it's there's an actual natural healing process you have to go to. You know, you always hear about the two weeks resting period, things like that. But uh, a lot of the guys we see are very chronic. So by the time they come find us, I think a lot of them are just looking for hope. They're trying to look for something, and, you know, at this point, they're saying, hey, these guys, they're, you know, this bunch of chiropractors working with medical doctors and nurse practitioners, it's kind of different, let's go try it out, we have nothing else to lose. So, and I can, again, from my experience, a lot of these guys understand what they're dealing with or what they have um, once they get sat in front of us, and once once they see their diagnostics and how we explain what that means to function, once they see, again, the exhaustion that occurs after day one and day two, because these are intensive treatments, you're here for the veteran program for a total of 10 full days, which is wow. a total of two weeks staying and And we see you about three hours a day uh, that's spread out throughout the entire day. So hmm. it's exhausting. We should take you through a mental boot camp, both from a focus perspective, uh, a memory, cognitive, uh, physical, balance, cognition—you name it. So it's it's intense. So going back to your question, you know, how do they find us, and how do they become receptive to what we do for TBIs? It's a lot of it is because they have nothing else to do. They have nowhere else to go. They mm-hmm. they've ran out of the VA options because it's not. Uh, we'll just leave it there. It, it, there's there's limited things there.
2: Uh, this is what I'd like to step in. Uh, education and early intervention, this is very important. This is why, Sean, we want to use your show to help uh, our veterans, uh, let them know that help is available. This center treated over 200 veterans and many prominent Navy SEALs. And uh, they are, these people are on the cutting edge of medicine. So uh, I just would like... Them to know that it is available, it is here, and uh, okay, later on I would like to uh, maybe you could post our phone numbers and our uh, website so they can uh, actually, veterans can reach out and uh, we can talk to them.
1: Oh, I'll absolutely, I'll put it on my website. We'll get it uh, from you, and what we can do is tell them uh, what the website is, and I'm going to put it on here and I will put it on my website and across my reach, and then I'll begin promoting you. I, hey, look, if you're doing this, I, I it's so amazing because I lived through this. I remember going to Dr. Ryan and Dr. Maringel and, of course, the lawyers in the courts and all that, and the regular men, they don't want to hear anything about chiropractic, neurologist, th- functional neurology. They don't want to hear anything about that. Here's the crazy thing. You guys are the only ones that help me, Dr. Maringel and Dr. Ryan, the only ones that yep. helped me. The only ones that knew anything of what I was going through. In fact, they were telling me, "Hey, you ever have this happen?" "Yeah, I did. How do you know that?" "Yep. It was." "It crazy. told you your
3: whole life without even knowing you, right?"
1: "Yeah, yeah. You have
3: no like, idea. I how, maybe you do have no idea how often we hear that. How do you know that? How do you hear that?" "I like, well, you can see it. We we you study enough, you learn enough. It gets people very squeamish on the outside because they didn't do that much studying. Who knows? I don't. I mean, I know they study hard for their profession, but sometimes it takes." getting out of your specialty, getting out of your comfort zone and learning from other professions and not having too much pride to say, Oh, you're a chiropractor. You
1: don't know That's
3: BS, man. We, we, we all know something. We're all on the same team. We're all trying to help people here. So yeah, no doubt. What is, what is
1: us, the address? The, uh, the uh, web address.
3: It's cerebrum.com and C E R E B R U M. Dot com. It's Latin for brain. It's, You know, it has a nice little kick to it. You can also just Google Cerebrum Health Centers and or YouTube Cerebrum Health Centers and look at a lot of our testimonies because ultimately, you know, sometimes it's beautiful just to see what it looks like in another person's eyes as they share their experience and hear in their voice as you do in Drago's about what things can change about you, and it's, it's a good change. It really
1: is. That's amazing. Well, I just put it on the website. I'm going to put it uh, all over my whole reach. They tell me I have a reach of just under a million people a week. So uh, hopefully, you know, at least 10% of those million people will spread it around and and uh, and get the word out. Can, can I ask you a couple of more questions? Do you mind that? Do you have the time for that?
3: We have the time, man. We're here to help, so let awesome. me
1: know. Awesome. How, okay, so how do how do the vets... Get to you. How do they find out about you? Uh, if usually,
2: they are uh, they, they find us on the website and the word of mouth. And I would like to change that. I would like this thing to
1: be nationally
2: known. The, the center is known, and uh, we treat the veterans for uh, for, for quite a few years now. So usually by uh, the from the website, word of mouth, and let's change that. Let's make sure that uh, this information is available to everybody everywhere.
1: Yeah, I would like to do that. I would like to definitely do that because I have also, to tell you.
2: Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, there's one more thing,
2: Sean. Also, uh, the Navy SEAL Foundation, our biggest uh, SEAL Foundation, got involved and they sponsor active duty Navy SEALs uh, to this center right now. So they 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 are helping out, spreading the word, and, and with what they do, and we are very really, we really appreciate what they do.
1: But. Uh, well, yeah, I have sometimes. some connections at the Concerned Veterans for uh, America (CVA), and I um, I will see to it that they know about what you do. I will see to it. I'm telling you, I will preach this far and wide because I live through this. It's it's just ironic. I live through this, and the people that love me, the four or five people that love me in the world, they have to deal with. <laughs> you know me the new me and it's and it's got to be exasperating it exasperates me look you know you talked about stand, uh standing up from sitting down when i stand up of course i'm supposed to use a cane and all this stuff they give me all that stuff and and i don't like to use the cane because for me it makes me look like a target like a potential victim so i i don't like to use a cane um but sometimes i just have to you know i, I went to new york city with my mm-hmm. daughter for a few days, and I had to use a cane. It just I don't like doing it, but hey. Um, and uh, but but my point is is when I stand up, uh, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. I drive my truck. I'm fine, not a problem. I stop maybe to get fuel. I get out of the truck. I fall down because Ooh. everything's spinning, and I have proprioception, so everything is just weirdly off, and everything looks weird. Not Ooh. when I'm sitting. But when I stand, when I go from sitting to standing, it's a mess. It is a mess. It's all about don't fall, don't do a face plant, don't do a header, you know, type of thing. And it is it is amazing. And I wonder how many veterans are out there that uh, are just really they're struggling. They're trying. Look, so many commit suicide a day, and I and I, this 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 issue is so huge to me. And this show, I mean, this show, so many of our audience are uh, veterans, combat veterans, people I have a huge contingent of seals and uh, we have uh, you know just guys from all across the Tier one community that listen, all kinds of MARSOC marines and raiders and uh you know oh three eleven guys and 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 just just a whole bunch of really great men and women in the armed forces and so this is this is a huge issue to me it's a huge issue to me and and so i want to get the word out to as many people as i possibly can so when the people find out when they and of course we're going to we're going to keep you guys busy and and I, I you know you don't have to tell me your your financial business but i have to think that this is an expensive thing to do how do you pay for it
3: a lot of it, as far as since we've been existing, is uh, either through private funding, uh, grants, uh, and to be honest, it's all just private funding, donations. You know, this is, like you said, we're not going to go into details. It's it's an intensive program. We're trying to do in 10 days what a lot of people try to complete in a year. Now, and
2: I would like to also, uh uh show that I will prepare you at least a, a little bit of data for it. I will send it to you. I do a kind of a like quick call today, so I don't have it available now. But I will send it to you. Maybe you can post it on your website as well. But mostly, yeah, from grants and donations here yeah, supporting us, supporting people, supporting veterans. This is how we get them here.
1: That's powerful, man. That's some powerful stuff. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on your team now, and and I have a loud mouth, and I will definitely, definitely spread this. If you could say, you, and I guess maybe, oh, my pleasure. Uh, if you could say one thing, let's say you had the time to say what you wanted to say. You weren't restricted by time. You weren't restricted by a 7- to 12-minute segment. Uh, you you had the time to say what you wanted to say about this issue and what you do. What would you say? Because I'm sure you guys get interviewed all the time, and, and uh, Dr. Claudine, I'm, I'm, I'm not meaning to uh, – uh, exclude you, um, I'm sure that you'd wish you had more time and you have time here. What would you say? I mean, when you're talking to the to the community at large that doesn't know a thing about PTSD, TBI, all of these things, and what our veterans go through. Because I'll tell you the truth. I, I talk about Gold Star Families all the time. I do a ton of work with Gold Star Families. Um, I know people I mean this for real this this is real i I know people, country who lost their child or lost their husband, and their neighbors don't even know it. There's a gold star hanging in their window. Their neighbors don't even know it because you know what? People open the garage door, drive in, they stay in their house, they play in the backyard mm-hmm. they don't they don't communicate they get they get in the car, they open the garage door they drive out. They don't know. Nobody's nobody's connected anymore, and they think, "Well, we're not at war," but there's soldiers coming back, and SEALs and 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 uh, Marines coming back, and airmen coming back that have all this going on in them. They think, "Wow, you made out all right." So, what do well, you? So, you know, let me actually say something. Sure. Yeah, go Can ahead. Let
2: say something about it for a second. On Absolutely. one side. Um, you know it makes me feel good that, that our society is not only really concerned with the war what is our this, this is our, our job we do it we we, we, we carry on and uh, the, when i come back and i see people living semi my lives they, they 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 do have lives they they have no worries about it That makes tells me that i'm doing my job well that mm-hmm. they can live the life they, they they deserve and our job is to protect their their lifestyles their, their their way of life so, you know, if, if if some people do not notice that, it's not because they are bad people. It's just that they live their lives, and we are there, there, to, there to protect it.
1: Mm-hmm. I and got you. I That's say, a great way to
2: look to, at it. And if you, if
3: you could say, you know, what would I say in this small amount of time is don't settle for less than 110% personally. I mean, I mean to be honest, Sean, I would love to see you come into our clinic. Just hearing how casually you speak about some of the things you're dealing with. You don't have to deal with those things. But because the brain, unfortunately, and unfortunately, is so good at adapting to things, it becomes the norm. That's Mm -hmm. not normal. You know, know, unfortunately, today's norms are abnormal. Um, That's what I would say. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for this is just who I am. If you can – I'm a big believer in, like you said, in Christ and – your mind and creating the reality you want to create. So if you don't feel like this is what you want and that you've done something else and you can do better, look and you will find it. Ask and you shall receive and it will be there. And, you know, the beautiful thing about technology that's growing so exponentially that it's out there and we're one of those places. So if you know where to look and know where to ask and know who to talk to, like you said, make connections with the community, you'll find out there are connections that are keeping up with the time so that we can assess you from a very high high existence and a high perspective. So that's what I would say. Is don't settle for the norms. Don't settle for what your doctor says. This is what you're going to have to live with. I can't tell you how many times Dr. Godet and I have heard, my doctor just told me this is what I am now. and then, And within two weeks or within five days at times, we change that. And that gives them hope. That gives them a new life and a new perspective that, you don't have to settle for less. There's so much more out there, and we want to be the people that give you that more.
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is absolutely powerful. Uh, I really, really am impressed with what you do. The I, I wanted to see if you'd be willing to share uh, what PTSD is and the effects of it that you're seeing, what the evidence of it that you're seeing in our soldiers, uh, because I, that's the other thing. People have no idea. People people have no idea. I have a good friend of mine that is in addition to a severe uh TBI, I mean he was involved in multiple uh explosions and then his Humvee got blown up and he's very seriously hurt. And uh he got in trouble with the law now. He's a major. He was a major in in the uh air guard and or the National Guard. He great guy. I mean, great guy, uh was a school teacher before you know, really, really super guy, gets deployed multiple times, loses his best friend, and then a few days later he gets blown up. And you look at the guy, you think, well, you know, you can see some. But you can't really see all of it. And, of course, the brain injury has to do with it. But you also have PTSD, and there there's an impact of that and uh, acting out. So can you describe for us what you know about PTSD, what you see, and maybe some of our people that are listening, Uh, can can maybe think about some folks that are dealing with this and maybe some ways that they should deal with them.
4: Well, actually, um, one of the things that we see a lot here is that people with TDIs often have PTSD and the other way around. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the symptoms and a lot of the things that we see are very, very similar. So the sleeplessness and the changes in personality and the – um, not wanting to leave the home and overstimulation with normal things that used to didn't bother you, um, being on a heightened alert all the time, not sleeping for time. days on end, all of these things, right? So mm-hmm. they go hand in hand and and we see them together often.
1: Hmm. I have to add to that. Yeah, right, go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go so ahead. I want
4: to add you
3: something, something to keep in mind with the spectrum of life you know ptsd is also a spectrum you know you you have every single brain is a different fingerprint so we can see so many different or patients with the same exact diagnosis pt uh ptsd or pts and or tbi and they're completely different expression of that that diagnosis A lot of things we have to take in consideration is PTSD doesn't always begin in war for these veterans. Sometimes it begins early in life. Uh, There's a high percentage of veterans who have been abused as a child, whether sexually, mentally, physically, you name it, uh, as well as bullied in school. These things seem so rudimentary at first because you think, oh, I'm a dull, I'm over that stuff. Unfortunately, when the brain gets challenged and the frontal lobes become challenged, your ability to essentially handle and tolerate old emotions also become less efficient or more difficult. So it's 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 very new. Let's put it that way. When it comes to PTSD, and we are honest and we're the first ones to say, you don't, and this is kind of hard to hear sometimes too, but rarely do you ever get rid of PTSD. It's part of who you are. It's part of the way the brain grows. But what you can do is learn everything and all there is to know about adapting to PTSD taking different breathing techniques, meditation techniques, uh, physical exercise, chemical adaptation, so that now those memories that used to not bother you but after your injury do bother you, they can get to that point where they don't bother you anymore, where you can sleep through the thoughts and control your emotions and so on
1: and so on. I hope that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. Let me ask you a question because while I have you on here, um, I... One of the – you talked about being overwhelmed with stimuli. Um, this is just a weird thing. I'm a little bit embarrassed to even mention it because almost nothing overwhelmed me. And I like to think that I hide it really, really well. But, um, I, you know, I travel around the country and speak. This is one of the things that I do. And I used to love – because, you know, after the after I speak, I sign books and all that stuff. And I I, I want to shake everybody's hand. But, you know, people, I'm sure you've spoken in places and people come up to you after, you know, you speak and they're talking to you and you're trying to sign the thing. Used to be I could talk to three or four people, carry on the conversation, no big deal. Uh, But now it really throws me off. It really, really throws me off center. But here's the crazy place, and I don't know why this is. I used to love to grocery shop. Loved to grocery shop. But now, if I go, even with a list, because there's no way I'm going to the grocery store without a list anymore. So I go to the grocery store, and we have these really nice grocery stores now, and there's a hundred different types of items of the same thing, essentially. I kid you not. I I mean this sincerely. I get in there, and I feel like I'm going to explode. I literally feel like I can't do this. I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know... I start looking at the aisles and I'm thinking, man, I don't know where to go for this. And then I get to the spot where the stuff is—the cereal, the whatever the case may be—and and I'm and I'm so freaked out. I'm trying not to show it on the outside, but on, this is the first time I've ever spoken to this publicly, by the way. Uh, I'm so freaked out. I just want to leave. I'm like, yeah. man, I, what do I do? You know, it's crazy. It's weird, and the hyper vigilance and awareness. I mean, I'm, my field, executiveprotectionteam.com, obviously my field and, and obviously Drago probably has a, this to a great deal. I'm always going to be hypervigilant so they put me in the ground because that's just that's just who I am and how I've lived my life. But now it's to an even higher degree because I know I know consciously now I have a deficit. You know, I have a deficit that I have to deal with now.
3: An easy way to put that is sensory overload. The brain is a sensory-based organ. You know, uh, since the day we're born, we felt the skin of our mother against our skin. And then the father, that's a huge sensation to the brain. The brain eats it up. Uh, When we start to walk, start to crawl lift our head up, and so on and so on. So the brain feeds itself off sensations. And whenever the brain doesn't work so great, it doesn't do a good job at handling what it's being fed. Uh, in grocery stores today, you said it best, man. It, it's filled with so many different colors and items. And Dr. Godet mentioned it. It's a, it's a huge visual stimulation. And the eyes, uh, It's one of my favorite sayings, the eyes are the brain. There's no separation. It's, you know, they're the window into the soul or window into the brain. So if you think about walking through an aisle, now you don't perceive it because the brain is so good at that adaptation aspect we talked about. Mm-hmm. But there's something called an optokinetic response where, Believe it or not your eyes are picking up every single item you cross as you go down that hallway. Same reason why driving is a hard issue. I'm essentially helping diagnose you over the phone in a way Sean. So I hope you're okay with this.
1: I am, but, totally fine. I mean,
3: you know, guys are good. <laughs> a lot of the things you talk about, yeah, I can pretty much be very comfortable that your optokinetic response or your reflexive eye movements are probably challenged because I think not only the all the all the visual stimulation of walking through an aisle but think of the lights that are going on in there. Those are very high-powered, very bright lights that just go straight into the eyes as well. And then you get to hear about the, the background music. They do have music and the sounds and the registers and the people. And after a while, the brain will shut down and it's going to start sending signals saying, let's get out, let's mm-hmm. get out. Let's just leave. We don't need this. We don't need this. Well, that that's where you have to stop and say, okay, I'm tired of doing this. And that's where we do teach techniques that help shut down the external sounds around you, and a lot of people have been doing it. Um, We teach you different ways to focus and to breathe so that whenever you are starting to feel overwhelmed with sensations, we put you back in control of your wheelhouse. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times, and I don't want to speak for you, how often do you feel out of control? And like I said, you've been in situations where I'm sure you've needed to be in control, but being in control is something that a lot of these guys want to be back to, and uh, there's ways to do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you know that's that's uh, extremely fascinating because you just nailed down what my life is like, uh, and, and the big thing is, is I'm in the public eye, so I um, I have a good to be show, on. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate yeah, it. Exactly. I I have to be on, and when <laughs> I travel around the country and speak, um, you know, kind of dynamic and i move around a lot and you know and i love what i do i absolutely love what i do but um in that i try very very hard to never have a tell i never i try part of uh part of what happens with me is i i'm trying so hard to not let people see what i'm thinking I don't want them to see me sweat, but I get real hot, and you know, one one minute I'm fine, the next minute I'm a thousand degrees, and I'm, you know, my blood pressure skyrocketed through the roof, and and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get somewhere else quick, and you know, it, it's weird because I want to function, I want to contribute, I want to do all those things. But when, when everything is spinning, the proprioception thing, I use that term, and some people have sent me messages saying, what does that mean? For me, um, when I'm standing, now for me, it's only when I'm standing. Things will spin a little bit when I'm sitting, but when I stand, it always looks like the room is, the perspective is skewed, like I really am climbing a mountain. The upper right usually, or the, the far right usually looks like it's it's a steep mountain, uh, it looks like things are hanging sort of on the wall. And when I, I the other problem I have is when I go uh, in my crash, my feet were turned heel to toe completely to the left. My knees were laying on top of each other, pointed to the right. And the roof collapsed on my head. Of course, I bent the steering wheel with my mouth and. I was trapped in eight inches of space front to back. Now, I'm a big guy. And um, so, you know, I was trapped like that for almost 40 minutes. All that said, to say this, that when I stand now, I don't have the sensation. Like, if you run a – one of the insurance guys used one of these uh, prickly things. And uh, he was poking so hard. He almost made me bleed, and I I didn't feel a thing down you know down my leg. So I don't feel my feet hit the ground. So I'm I'm uh you know I'm fighting not falling. And then God God bless the people uh, at my Sunday group. I I do a live thing on Sundays every Sunday, and I noticed nobody wants. to – I used to walk up and down the one aisle. Nobody really wants to sit in that first chair next to the aisle because sometimes i get wobbly and i'm fighting it and i'm live on the radio you know and i'm i turn around and i grab something nobody like nobody wants my big behind falling on them you know what i'm saying so but the the crazy thing is is that wears you out it wears you out constantly fighting that fight and i can imagine the soldiers coming back and they're, they've already been in the fight of a lifetime. They've already dealt with combat. But I mean, People don't realize combat is nuts. It is chaos. It is the ultimate in stress overload. And you never really escape from it while you're deployed. You never really get a break. You don't get a break from it because everywhere now, the, the enemy that we fight or pretend to fight, according to our government, um, they... They're everywhere around you, and you can't get away from them. So they're coming onto your base. They're coming through, you know, your outer uh, perimeters. They're driving up on motorcycles, blowing you up. You know, planning IEDs when nobody's looking. You know, you just can't escape. There's no escape from it anymore. So these guys come to your office, and ladies come to your office. I can imagine you just, to some degree, you just want to look at them and say, "Man, I'm, I'm sorry." that we that our government hasn't done you better cuz I have to assume I know you guys probably don't want to get into the political aspect of it but look there's no way you can look at this war or these wars that we're in that quite frankly we'll always be in and you can't say that the people in government the people in control couldn't have predicted this you can't you can't look at the the VA and say look There's some actuary somewhere who's got the mathematical, you know, somebody's written an algorithm. Somebody somewhere is smart enough to go, you know, you send this many soldiers and you have this many IEDs and concussive things going on and crashes and, you know, blown up vehicles, all these different things. You have all these different things going on. You're going to have brain injuries. You're going to have PTSD. So at some point or another, Somebody had to say, you know what, this is going to happen, but we're not going to do anything about it. And I just have to thank you guys and, and ladies. I have to thank you for doing this because these are people who desperately need it. And I, and I say this on my show all the time. We have to be worth their sacrifice. I close most of my um, – I have a challenge coin from Mark Allen Lee of Navy SEAL, first Navy SEAL killed in Iraq. I'm dear friends with his mom, Debbie Lee. Mameli and uh, and I always have his challenge coin in my left uh, front pocket when I'm when I'm speaking, anywhere in the country. I don't care where it is. People even come up to me now and they ask me, "Hey, you got that coin?" I take it out. It's well worn, um, because look, I'm trying to be worth their sacrifice. These so many of these people, both the ones that are in Arlington and buried in in cemeteries all across this country, and the ones that came back that are, aren't wondering. Why the heck don't these people care about what happened to me? And part of it, they don't even know what happened to them. Drago, I love what you said because I find that I'm frustrated a lot by this. I really like what you said about, look, you know, those people don't know what's going on because they're busy living their life. And the reason they can be busy li- living uh, their life it's just...
2: Because we do our job well.
1: You're doing your job. You're doing your job. And and because you do your job well, they can live their life. That Part of the reason I think America... You know, we're being entertained to death. And part of the reason why America doesn't really realize that we are absolutely, in fact, at war. Listen, we lost a United States Marine the other day in Iraq. We have a skeleton crew in Iraq. And, of course... You know the the rules of engagement and all that stuff that's a you know it's something I've talked about uh, you know a hundred times on this show, but these people come back broken, and there's somebody in the government had to know based on sheer calculations look here's the deal. here is the deal you're gonna have this many brain injuries, you're gonna have this many p t s d we need to gear up. To help these people, because when they come back, they're going to need help. And I would submit to you, they did that or failed to do that on purpose. But that's a whole other discussion. But ultimately, it comes down to this: you know, people like what you folks are doing. Look, there's there's not enough good that can come your way as a blessing for you to do these things. I mean it really really chokes me up. For you to do these things and and I know I know how it is, you know, seeking funding. I do this show. I don't I don't nobody pays me to do this show. Um we we fund all of this ourselves and I'm not a wealthy man. So I know how hard it is to make things happen. And in your practice, I'm sure you have specialized equipment, you have staff, you have record keeping, you have all these different things. Now you have Drago to pay, which that's going to be tough that guy. That guy's going to be tough to say right there. But so you have all these things. You have all these things going on, and that costs money. And so I would encourage our audience, Cerebrum.com, Cerebrum.com. You've got to get that out. They give to uh, combat, uh, returning combat soldiers, free treatment. They get you there for free. You, You don't do any better than that, and I'm sure they treat you like a king or a queen when you're there. If I if I know anything that Drago has anything to do with, he's going to make sure his people are treated well and and uh so so I would say thank you for that. Is there anything else that that you folks would like to say that gosh, I wish you'd ask me this or I wish I'd had a time to say this or that?
2: Hey, uh, just one thing I would like to say it was honor for me to introduce these two doctors uh, to your listeners the, these are the new heroes now on the new battlefront for our lives for the lives of our veterans and uh, I would, like I said it was honor for me to introduce them to you and hopefully this is not the last show about what we do here at Cerebrum Health Center so thank you Sean, thank you for what you do to spread the word and, and educate people
1: Oh, it's it's my pleasure, absolutely. It, it's absolutely my pleasure, and um, it's an honor to do it. And, and quite frankly, you know, if if uh, the doctors would be willing to be back on again, and obviously you're always welcome, um, Dr. Claudine and uh, Gaudet and Dr. What is your first name, Dr. Salis?
3: Ross Solis, R-O-S-S-S-O-L-I-S.
1: A lot of S's there. There was a sale on S's that day.
3: Um,
1: <laughs> so, so we're honored to have you on the show, and and you're, you're putting out phenomenal information in a way that our folks can can really understand. Um, we did have a question here, and I don't I don't want to skip over that because it's um, it is it's a good question. Uh, let's see here. Is that damage? to the cranial nerve going from the eye to the brain or the signal coming from the brain to the eye. In other words, is it an input or an output problem? And then he follows up with, uh, with the glandular in the brain, the pituitary problems, is there a thermoregulation problem? Because I, I had that. Um, I'll just say, you know, while I'm, while, I'm, while I'm telling everybody, and I'm not really sure why I'm telling everybody this, but maybe it's if there's a veteran out there, that is reluctant to come forward because they're a little bit embarrassed about it, um, don't be. Here I am. I'm a, I'm a big guy uh, here on this radio show, author of a book, travel around the country, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you. I'll just confess to you now. One of my issues is I have seizures. I never had seizure before uh, this ever. This happened to me. I never had a seizure. Um, but where it comes on is and I have these temperature situations where you know I'm fine I'm doing fine I'm just I'm just rolling along no problem all of a sudden I'm either freezing or I'm a thousand degrees and it's out of nowhere and there's no change there's no I haven't moved from one thing to the other I haven't put a blanket on or taken a blanket off there's no breeze there's no fan on but at about 57 to 56 degrees that's when most of my major seizures happen it's when I get cold. Wow. The very first one that happened was down at Cocoa Beach. I was on a book tour down in Florida. Uh, Cocoa Beach, I was sitting waiting for a cab, and I happened to look to my left, and I saw the uh, bank clock said 57, and then while it was displayed, it changed to 56. All of a sudden, I have a seizure. All of a sudden. Wow. I never, never had one in my life, didn't know what I was experiencing. Um, I tried to play it cool, uh, but, you know, I had one over Christmas that was my family actually filmed because it was interesting to see because I don't know what I look like when I have them. And I'm wondering, do you do you ever run across that? And is that something that that you deal with? Is there a, is there a treatment for that?
3: <laughs> Let me go back to the original question about uh, the eyes. now I'm going to come back to that. So. It's all the above. It, It can be an aspect where the eyes and the actual optic nerve is damaged, and now you only have one eye sending, remember, sensory information to the brain. So then now your integration of information is not used as balanced or equally as it should be. So that's one possibility. There's so many possibilities with the brain. You also have to look into understanding the neuroanatomy of where eye function occurs. A lot of eye function occurs on a reflexive level in the brainstem. The brainstem is also the vital brain. Vital brain means things that happen automatically without us having to think about it. Something called autonomics. And another one of the ways we can kind of tele, telemedicine medicine my friend, is that something you're dealing with is something called a dysautonomia. Uh, in other words, your autonomics are dysregulated. So whenever those cells, you know, they're all held within the brainstem. So now say you had a lot of, when I say we use the eyes, it's not so much that the eyes actually actually the issue, it's the integration of what the eyes are being asked to do on a sensory level. So if you have a something that diffuses axonal injury, a good analogy they always talk about is a rope. Imagine you have a big fibrous rope in front of you with multiple strands that make up that one big rope, and you mm-hmm. start twisting the rope. The first aspect of that rope to tighten is not the perimeter or the outside of the rope. It's the central aspect of that rope.
1: Hmm.
3: That's one of the definitions of diffuse axonal injuries is that the very midline, which is also where the reticulated activating center is, a lot of a lot of, a, a lot of other cells are there too. The midline of the brainstem are where a lot of the autonomics primarily live, those cells like thermoregulation, um, posture control, balance control, uh eye function, all those things live in the very midline of the brain because they're very vital to us, so they must be protected from everything on the outside of the world. So its it could be anything. It could be the actual eyeball. It could be the retina. It could be the optic nerve. It could be the inter- integrating systems in the brainstem, which is more common, and then it could be a perceptual thing, actual within the lobes of the brain. So that goes into the eyes of what you're asking about. Now, you're talking about the thermoregulation in hormones. We kind of covered that already. A lot of them, something called the HPA axis, pituitary adrenal axis. The hypothalamus is where a lot of the actual primary hormones are released, like something called thyroid stimulating hormone. The thyroid is your furnace of the body. It tells you how cold you're going to get or how warm you're going to get. So, again, without actually seeing you, Mr. Sean, I would want to definitely check your thyroid hormones, and that's something of the things that we do here. We go by not just a physical understanding, but a chemical understanding. So, yes, you can definitely get thermoregulation or dysregulation or dysautonomia. Going back to your case now about seizures. Seizures, now, that's a tough one. Now, we do have medical doctors on staff. We do recommend that people with seizures have at least not had one within around 90, 90 days, I believe or more, and also to be assessed by some clinician, so that most likely they're on anti-seizure meds, because Mm. that's something you don't want to play with. Now, a lot of that, as long as you have an assessment and you haven't had too many and they are controlled, we will assess you, and there are a lot of different things you can do to actually essentially calm down that seizure activity, but again, it's a whole spectrum of events, so long story, not so long, we do assess it, we do and have worked with it, but... Each case is different, so each case will demand or require a certain amount of awareness.
2: Well, uh, Charles, we need to organize your trip here to to our center, and uh, maybe you know, actually, we can guide you through it. We can, we can. Uh, I, would, I would like to get, I would like you to get familiar with what we do, but also maybe you can actually, these guys can help you as well.
1: No, oh, no doubt. I have no doubt about it. Hey, folks, uh, the time has flown by. What an absolute great thing you've done today, and in, in talking to our audience. I really appreciate it. Folks, you've been listening to my friend Drago, great American, an American hero, uh, Dr. Ross Salis and Dr. Claudine Gaudet, absolutely phenomenal health professionals, and what a blessing you've been to our audience today. We're going to replay this. Folks, if you came in and you missed any part of this, you've got to... Uh, you've absolutely got to download about about five to seven minutes after the show. You're going to be able to download this commercial-free show, zero commercials today. Um, and, and it's funny because the commercials, I don't get paid anything for the commercials. But I just want to thank you folks for coming on with us today. God bless you for what you've done. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Thank okay. you, Sean.
1: My pleasure. Take good care, folks. So there you have it. There's there's the real deal. And I said in my open uh listen, you know, if you if you profess to care about veterans, uh especially combat veterans, you've you've got to you you've absolutely got to pay attention to this. You've got to look around and say, "Hey, you know, what potentially uh is going on around me as it relates to the people who I sent To fight on my behalf so that I could not worry about war. And then you have to ask yourself, isn't it worth me stepping away from the entertainment of life? You know, we're being entertained to death. Isn't it worth stepping away from that for a few minutes? Maybe to connect a soldier that came back, a Marine that came back, a SEAL or, or, uh, you know, Army, Air Force, Marines, uh, Coast Guard actually is, is in the fight. Wouldn't it be worth it to say, hey, you know. Have you ever looked at Cerebrum.com? These people treat returning combat soldiers for free. They fly you here free. They put you up for free. They treat you for free. And you can tell by this, they haven't paid me anything. I've never met these people before today. Of course, I know Drago, but um, you've got to do what you can. Look around. Be sensitive to veterans' needs. What they went through is unlike anything you can ever imagine. Folks, I appreciate you listening. I uh, would encourage you, if you have the capacity to do so, if you believe in what we do here uh, and you're willing to contribute, theninjapastor.com, click on the Donate button. We don't have any of your information. I don't ever see it. We use PayPal because PayPal is the best, and uh, we'd be honored to have that. also, read our blogs and, and comment on them and share them with your friends. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you for joining the Ninja Pastor at the Collision of Faith and Politics today.